Welcome to this edition of Morgan Asked For Podcast, NFL this time. Uh, welcome Trevor in again. Um, again, week one in the books. You know, some surprising uh, results. Dallas gave Tampa all they wanted and more. Uh, needed another Tom Brady comeback, which he's really good at. Kansas City over Cleveland, again, in a great game. Last night, you know, another great overtime. Uh, LA or Las Vegas, the Raiders over um, you know, the Ravens, and then probably the surprise of the week is really just the, the absolute drubbing that the saints gave the Packers, you know, and then, you know, we can talk about, uh, Aaron Rodgers' comments and, and stuff like that going forward, but Trevor, I'll kind of just let you go uh, with it to, to start and just overall thoughts on week one in the NFL. Overall thoughts. Let's start with the first game of the season, Cowboys at Bucks. I have to give Dallas credit. They showed up to play that game. I was surprised, not so much on offense, but defense. Uh, I'm, I make fun of Mike McCarthy a lot. I talk some crap before the season. They show up to play that game. And if if Dallas's defense shows up every week like that, they might not be top 10 per se. But that's the total opposite of what they had last year. I don't know if you remember week four, I think it was, they lost to the Browns at home. OBJ had like a big reverse or some trick plays. And a Cowboys defensive back got burned and was basically seen jogging down the down the field. And I don't know if you remember after the game, but he basically came out and said in a press conference, you can't expect us to give 100% on every play, which he's correct. No one gives 100% every single play. Right. For being, but you can't say that when you're one in three right. and you're giving up the most yards and points in franchise history. So they, they look totally different. I, I was impressed. Dak. Besides two or three throws, looked like he never had an injury. Yep. I was really surprised by that. I thought it'd take him a few games to feel comfortable. So, in my opinion, hats off to the Cowboys. I know it's actually high on them. I'm not ready to be that high yet, but I have to admit they looked better than I thought they would. I I agree. You know, it took a Tom Brady comeback, and you know Tom Brady being Tom Brady uh, to win that game for Tampa. Yeah, you saw the look on the sideline, Tom Brady sitting on the bench, the head yep. down, then the head up. We've seen it yep. too many times. It's almost corny or whatever you right. want to say. But um, one thing with the Bucs, and, th- and this goes back to the Cowboys too, What I was giving the Cowboys some credit. One thing that worries me with both teams, and this is more to do with Dallas than it is with the Buccaneers, but both teams didn't really try to run the ball that much. If you remember last year, I was really the first half of the season, I was big on the Bucks. Like they need to run more, they need to be right. more balanced. And they weren't in this game. Now, the Cowboys, I understand a little bit more because guard Zach Barton was out with COVID. So maybe they thought the short, quick passing game was going to be their running game, which teams do nowadays. Right. Like we kind of know that. So if it was just for that week or next week, I, I get it. But I, I hope Dallas becomes more balanced as the season goes on. If, if, Mike McCarthy thinks Dak's going to go out there and throw 40 to 58 times like he did this past week. I, I think that's not a good recipe for the long term. Right. It might get you in the playoffs, and that's fine. But, you know, Dak threw it 58 times. Like that, that's a lot to throw the ball. Yeah. And, and you may and you may have to for a game. Maybe right. just – but you can't do it week in, week out. No, and again, this next week they're at uh, the Chargers and they got without tackle Lydian Collins and they're without Michael Gallup, their number three receiver. So 
you know, they still have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, but now again, they're out they're without another lineman and the Chargers look good. So I understand if, if McCarthy and coaching staff did that because they were without Zach Martin. We talked last week, they averaged one yard per rush less without Zach Martin. All right. That's a massive number. One <laughs> that is huge. That That's huge. I, I, people that really pay attention to football understand they're like, that's insane actually that one yard less. So I think in that game, they used the short passing game as their running game, which I think is, was a good idea. I mean, it almost worked. They almost won that ball game. And for Tampa, they're going to get everybody's best punch this year. Yep. And we'll see if the young guys can rise to the, the challenge every week. You know, they're I agree. feeling good. And I'm as high as anybody is on Tampa, but we'll see. I mean, again, Tom Brady threw it 50 times. Do you really want 44 year old or whatever, whatever he is now? Uh, Again, same thing. I seems like he's 60 years old, but do you really want him throwing it 50 times a game? You got to run the ball. Yeah, you, you do. And you can't, again, on a certain game, if it happens that way, it is, but you can't go into a game thinking you want to throw it 50 times. No. So my, my takeaway is Dallas defense, kudos. They came aggressive. I was very surprised, actually, that they looked that good. And for Tampa, they look like the Tampa of the first half of last season. Right. So over the next few weeks, I'd like to see him get back to the second half of the Tampa Bay Bucks that we saw last year. But kudos to the Cowboys. Uh, like I said, Zach's high on him. He comes on your on your podcast here. I just wonder now, though, the good news is the Cowboys had an extra few days to rest and prepare. But they're on the road again at the Chargers. So another, another trip, away game. Yep. Will that – I think the offense will be fun because you have Dak and – but will the defense break that intensity again? I think that's a something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, again, the NFL could not have asked for a better start to the year. A last second field goal win, Super Bowl champs win. You know, just you couldn't have drawn it up any better. No, it, it was great. I mean, Tom Brady and then the Cowboys, the you know America's team, right? And it it, it was perfect. And then you know we move into the regular season the first week was there any games you wanted to get into particularly i, I we're going to get to your bears later right sunday night but was there any games that you saw or anything no that, you know like i said i didn't really watch i watched about 20 minutes of the bears game i got mad and turned it off and i really did not watch <laughs> any other games but let's just go let's talk last night's game uh overtime uh raiders uh first game in their new stadium really second season but first game with fans which so they made a big deal out of that and and just a big win for the Raiders. It was. It was great. And I did you see the end of the game? I don't know I, if you stayed not. up for it all. No. Nope. It, it was insane. The game goes to overtime. There's a little back and forth. Uh, the Raiders complete a, a deep pass to a young receiver. Edwards, I think it is. I, I should know it. Anyway, they think he scores. Blah, blah, blah. Goes to review. He was tackled like a foot short of the, of the end zone. Raiders try to run the ball. They get stopped. And the next thing you know, I think it was third down. Carr throws an interception. The Ravens' DB falls down the end zone. Lamar takes over. And this is an overtime. Again, you know, the end of overtime nowadays, it, it can end right. in a tie. Right. It's not the worst thing. It seems no. bad. It seems lame. I mean, to me, it's lame, but it's not that bad when it comes to the end of the season. Uh, a tie is better than a loss. So Lamar fumbles. 
the Raiders get the ball back, and I think they ran a play, and then Gruden sends the field goal unit onto the field. And I'm, I'm trying to remember now. I should have looked it up, but I think they were like the 30, and I don't think the Raiders kicking unit was ready to come on the field then. And the Raiders had already burned their two timeouts in that overtime. So Carlson, the Raiders kicker, was late getting on the field. They took a five-yard penalty. So then you have to bring the offense back on the field because you don't want a 52-yarder or whatever it was going to be. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. And luckily for the Raiders, the Ravens were scrambling. They, they had players going on and off the field. And Carr hikes the ball and hits uh, Zay Jones, I think it is, for number seven for a touchdown, a walk-off home run. That was it. And it there was just – it was crazy. It was the Raiders. There's gambling involved. There's fantasy football. I had, uh, I was going against Darren Waller in my fantasy league, the great Raiders tight end. And when Carr threw that ball up, I thought, oh God, it's going to Waller. Like I'm going to lose. Cause right. if, if it would have been to Waller, I would have lost my league. All right. Big ones. And then luckily it went to Zay Jones. I know you don't care about fantasy, but it all ties into the NFL. Like I right. got so many eyeballs on the game, whether it's fantasy betting or just, yep because you're a fan of the game. So it, it was intense. I, I couldn't have thought of any better ending or script to that. That was, there was so much chaos and bad coaching or bad time management. It just, it felt like Vegas, <laughs> just chaos. <laughs> yeah. And just interesting, you know, I, I did see the start of the game or whatever. And, and just, you know, uh, Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer did, you know, the opening of the other one and then Bruce Buffer did this one. And then, no, it's just kind of neat to see, but but that is actually where the, the Cyclones will play next Saturday night is in that Allegiant Stadium there. So, you know, that's just another great, uh, great place for the Cyclones to play. That's cool. And you brought this up last week. I didn't yep. even realize that we talked about that. That's cool. They get a play there because that that's an iconic stadium already. Right. And they're going to be hosting the Super Bowl within a few years. The NFL drafts there, I think, next year. So for some of those Iowa State guys. Yep. And that's that's cool that they get playing that stadium. That is a uh the, the company I work for, we have fittings tied into that that stadium. Uh not not with me. We have a we have a Vegas salesman, but so it's just I've watched that stadium Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. You probably know him off yep. Discovery Channel. He did like a seven or eight piece uh YouTube uh documentary, I guess, of the stadium being built. So it if you're in a stadiums, construction, NFL, stuff like that, that, that was a good one. I, I was really paying attention to the uh, Raiders stadium going up over the last couple of years. Awesome. So, no, that's great. Uh, kind of another, uh, you know, this is more uh, in, uh, but Kansas City uh, beat the Browns. Uh, just more heroics from Patrick Mahomes, throws that no one else can make. You know, we kind of talk about, you know, in our college one, Brock Purdy not having a strong arm. Well, Patrick Mahomes does have a strong arm, uh, probably the strongest arm in the NFL, and just an absolute cannon across his his body back to the middle of the field. Exactly what you don't teach a quarterback, but it works for him. And Tyreek Hill uh, makes the adjustment, makes the catch, and then runs for the touchdown. Yeah, the, the Chiefs, I mean, you can do everything right versus the Chiefs all game long. And then Ty, they, they can score in one or two plays, and it's just I, – I don't know how you defend it. Um, you don't. I, I don't. I don't care what you say. You, he should not be able to make that throw, and Hill should not be able to stop on a dime like that and adjust to it. And then, let alone make the catch, but then turn 
and run for a touchdown. I mean, it's just what they can do with their skill set and their athleticism, no one else has. It's it's almost like a, a video game. And I, I don't know how else to explain it because there's good teams. Yeah, Brady and the Bucks beat the Chiefs last year, but we know the Chiefs line was a disaster. That got right. exposed in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs, man, they they just I, I just don't know how you stop them. And and I am gonna say something right now. I know last week, whatever it was, I made my super or my uh, conference championship predictions, right? Right. So I had Chiefs versus Bills. I'm changing it right now, which I can do. I'll change it any week I want, but <laughs> I'm changing it to Chiefs versus Browns, AFC yeah. Championship. The Browns looked good. I mean, they really did. They they almost did it, and the punter had a, a bad play, and Baker made a mistake. But, you know, last year in the playoffs, too, I, I know Mahomes got hurt in that game, but right. they gave the Chiefs everything they wanted. So, I, man, the Browns are close. I, I was debating over Browns versus Bills. Yeah, I let my heart or my head get in the way, but I'm switching right now. As a week after week one, I'm switching my AFC pick, yeah. and we'll keep track as the year goes on. But I'm switching back to the Browns, man. That's such a good team, and I, there's actually another team or two in the AFC I think I like over the Bills at this point. But the Bills that's, did not. Let's that's see. overreaction uh, Tuesday. Here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that, and let's just get right to that. The Bills did not look very good. Um, just flat out did not look very good. Pittsburgh kind of put it right to them. And, and uh, maybe, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about this last week, but Mike Tomlin uh, will not finish under 500. He'll be there in the end and a chance for the playoffs right there. Yeah. That was one of my uh, spread picks. I had Pittsburgh plus seven and a half. Felt really good about that. Now the over under wins, I, I took the over eight and a half. We'll see. It's a long season, but we talked about like Mike Tomlin, as much crap as people give Big Ben, I mean, that's a proud organization. Yep. They're a tough out every week, and I didn't see a lot from the game, but what I saw is the first half the Bills were pretty much in control. They just couldn't they couldn't finish. They couldn't get any big plays. And then come the second half, the more experienced team, coach, the defense made a play, kind of like the Iowa Hawkeyes in a way, I guess. Um, they just figured out a way to get it done. So good for the uh, – Good for the Steelers and the AFC. Uh, I think the AFC North, they all won their games. Or excuse me, no, the Ravens lost. Yeah, say Baltimore did not. Yeah, but everyone, or so did Cleveland, never mind. I was thinking of some other divisions. The NFC West went 4-0. Okay. I had this written down. And the NFC North went 0-4. And then, yes, and then the AFC West also went 4-0. So we had three divisions out of the eight, either went undefeated or defeated. So. Interesting start to the season. Uh, I suppose we could probably move into Green Bay right now. Yep. They got their butts kicked. That was a game I, I stayed away from. You almost wonder if the Aaron Rodgers offseason, it had, it had to have something to do with the game, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot what it is, is, yeah, just offseason him not being committed and just him not taking. And, and I understand why they don't do it and stuff, but. You could just tell, and I didn't, you know, again, I didn't watch any of it, but just hearing things and listening to people talk and everything, he didn't take a preseason snap. He hadn't played in a game yet. That matters. I don't, I, I understand Aaron Rodgers is one of the best there is, one of the best to play it. You still need practice. It's, there's still timing. It's still rhythm. It's still just playing, you know, just anything you do, you know, 
you you go tell I mean Tiger Woods if he took seven months off of golf he's not going to be ready to go just show up and play without playing a practice round or anything that's just not happening um and and I think you know and Aaron Rodgers wasn't the only quarterback to not take a snap and I think none of those quarterbacks that that took the preseason off per se did very well um I, I can't remember who they are but I, just, I, I th- thought I heard that where there were three or four of them that didn't take any snaps and none of them played very well. And, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, yes, you're taking risk, but football is a risky sport. And whether they get hurt in preseason or they get hurt in the first game because they haven't been hit. And th- this is a, a whole different philosophy and an argument. But I think some of the reasons that all these guys get hurt in the NFL so much is they don't ever get hit except for Sundays. There's something to getting hit every day or, or several days. Um, and, and your body does get used to it, but if you, you know, the only time a quarterback ever gets hit is on Sunday. Um, you know, they never get touched in practice. They never get touched anytime, but Sunday and they get crunched. I mean, don't kid yourself. Those guys are big guys that are hitting them. And, and those, those, I I just think they're not, their bodies are not used to getting hit. And so that's why they just get hurt more. There's two ways to look at it and I'll play devil's advocate, but I only have one example. Again, Sean McVay doesn't play any of his main starters, and Stafford looked great. Right. So I think it, I think it depends on your coaching staff, how you feel with the experience that they have. But you, you're right, though. I mean, I guess unless you're the New York Giants and Daniel Jones is at the bottom of the pile of practice, they're not getting hit. So right. Uh, you're right. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. It's tough to know what the right answer is. Because again, Sean McVay's proven a way to do it, but that's one. That's only one example, right? And, and and the argument is, those guys are getting paid forty million dollars a year. You do not want them to get hurt in the in practice. If you're going to get hurt, get hurt in the game. And and so I get it. I mean, I really do. Um, the, the worst feeling in this world is have one of your better players get hurt in practice. I mean, it really is. That's the Ravens. I mean, they're zero and one, and they got two running backs that are done. You three know, now. Three. They got three now. And the starting corner. See, so yeah, I. Who knows if there's a right way or wrong way to go about it? There, there probably is. It just depends on your coaching style. If I, I think it, it depends on the player and the coach. I mean, yeah, you it's know, a combination of that. So, and, and Aaron Rodgers is 37, 38 years old too. That uh, that that's a factor as well. You don't want him playing any more than he really has to. Um, I, I think again, this is gonna be an overreaction week one. They got it's still one loss. You know, um, they're gonna lose again. They're they're not gonna go undefeated. Um, He'll, he'll he'll get it back together and I think they'll be okay but um, it does show what happens when maybe your team is not together as as much as it should be yeah it just seemed like the offseason stuff kind of carried in that game and you know the Saints were Jameis Winston it's not his last opportunity but it's his best opportunity to revive his career right. they also had the the hurricane they're trying to win one for the city and Green Bay just looked, I, I don't know, that that's about as bad a game as I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. And it might be his worst game I've ever seen him play. So we'll see if they rebound. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're going to get to 9, 10, 11 wins. Right. But it, we'll find out more. that They play on Monday night versus the Lions next week. So uh, that's a big stage. Do they come out sloppy or do they come out totally the opposite of what they did on Sunday? that's going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, I don't know. And it's just going to be interesting there. And, uh, you know, they're going to, 
New Orleans is going to get a bunch of rain here again, and and it's it may not be good for New Orleans again. No, no, it, it might not be. Uh, it could be a tricky season for them, but that's that was a heck of a performance they put on. Um, and, and you know, another thing with Winston is he had LASIK eye surgery this off season, I believe, and. The way he looked on, on Sunday, it's like, uh, why didn't you do this like five years ago? And you may still be in Tampa and then change the complete trajectory of uh, the NFL. Yeah, no, no kidding. I think he was like 14 of 20 for five touchdowns or 15 for 20. But he did say after the game, this is the most talented team he's ever been on. Right. And and that's so, and here's, that, well, here's the thing. Tom Brady is going to write that down. So, well, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, no pun. Brady brought some players with him when he went to Tampa. Don't kid yourself. He did, but most of that team, yeah. the, the stars were still there. I mean, right. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin were there, OJ Howard, I think Brady. But yeah, I know Brady's definitely going to write that down. Um, there were a few injuries. Jerry Judy out six to eight weeks. Mackay Becton, the really good left tackle, second year guy for the Jets, is out four to six. They also lost the defensive back, Marcus Joyner. The, them, the Ravens, and probably the 49ers are the three most injury-riddled teams. Fitz Magic's out for a while. Yeah. Hip, uh, hip, right? Yeah, but something bound hip. He, he could be out for the whole year potentially if it's if it doesn't heal like they think. So mm-hmm. those are a few of the injuries. Um, like I said, the NFC West, the AFC West all went four and zero. The NFC North went zero and four. Just a few of those. I mean, if you're looking at MVP, take whatever quarterback you want. There's a bunch of quarterbacks that played great. It doesn't matter at this point. One guy I did want to bring up, and he he did get some national attention. We've talked about him before on here, but that's Chandler Jones for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. He had five sacks and two forced fumbles. You're high on him. You've been high on him, and he's a real dude, and that's an unbelievable stat line. That's some guys do that an entire year that are starters, not backup starters. They have five or six sacks and two or three forced fumbles. So I think he's on pace for like 85 sacks. We'll see if that keeps up, but <laughs> um, it's probably not. But I mean, he, you know, with an extra game, he, he might, he could break the single season sack record. That's, you know, and we talked a little bit of that last week. Um, how many of those records, uh, like that uh, will fall here in these next two or three years with this extra game. I'm sure plenty of all pass attempts, pass yards, sacks, uh, rushing yards, even of course, rushing yards kind of went down with Derek Henry getting held to whatever he did. Uh, Arizona kept him in check. So uh, there's going to be a few I'd have to think with the extra game. I mean, you have players stay healthy. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's that crazy to think that a few are going to go down over the next year or two. It's just, there's an extra game. Right. I, I mean, it's, just, yeah, you just keep that same average and you just have an extra game. It's, it's very much just records are going to, going to get broken. And and that's, it's great, but it's also sucks too, because it's not the same. No, it's, it's not. And you're right. Like if record gets broken, everyone's going to say, well, the extra games, right. then, then you go by a game average and yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but. We'll, we'll know more at the end of the year. Just another game to focus on. We already spoke about him in our, our college football take is Urban Meyer going to Houston. And if you look at their stats, they ran the ball pretty well. 
but they didn't run a lot in the first half. Right. I didn't watch the game, so I, I you know, I can't yeah, speak. There's a lot of box score stuff, but yeah. Houston put it on Jacksonville now, right. and that that brings us back. If I don't know if people are going to listen to the the college one, but how's Irv Morgan Irv Morgan handle this? Like that was a that was a butt kicking they got down there, and against a team that most expected to be pretty bad. Right. And, and the stat of the day, and I, I think it's a stat for a, not just a day, but for a long time, is that was the first loss of Trevor Lawrence's career in the regular season. He never lost a regular season game in high school and never lost a regular season game at Clemson. I mean, that's just unbelievable. And that just goes to show you, and much like we talked about Urban Meyer, how do these people handle it? I mean, you, you think about that kid. He's 22 years old, 21, whatever he is. He just got his butt kicked for the first time probably ever in his life. He's always always been so much better than everybody else and been able to make his team better than everybody else. Not that he's always went undefeated, but he's never been beat like that ever. And how is he going to – and this isn't going to be the only time this year because, like you said, Houston's not good, but they're going to play some good teams. And uh, it's just – it's tough on people and mental and, and just, it's just like, what the heck did I get myself into? You know? I know you're right. And I, funny as it sounds, I, I trust uh, Trevor Lawrence to handle it better than Urban Meyer. Yeah. He's only, he's only, I don't know, but yeah, he's only, I mean, think about Trevor Lawrence. He's only done this for, you know, seven years, you know, four years of high school, seven Urban Meyer's never really lost ever. I mean, in, in the big scheme of things, you know, like we said, he's, he could lose more games this year in the NFL than he did in his entire career at Ohio state. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, if he goes seven and 10, that's a good year for the Jags. That's <laughs> yeah. 10 losses, you know, so it, it, that's a big one. I, it'll be interesting. You know, we don't need to keep going on about Urban Meyer, but yeah, you know, the Texans, everyone was ragging on them. They got Tyrod Taylor. They got good running backs. They have some talent and they came out and they were probably pretty ticked off with everyone just writing them off. They well, might, they might, they're over under, I think it was four and a half. Texans might get the five, six ones. Who knows? I mean, they, they might be just experienced enough to do that. Yeah. And you know, and they're, they're tired of hearing about Deshaun Watson and, and he's not going to play. I mean, it's, it's very obvious. Um, they're just going to sit him on the bench or do whatever. Um, I don't was he even active for the game? I mean, I don't know that kind of stuff. He scratched what they're calling it. Right. So he was active, but just wasn't. And that's going to happen every week. And I don't think, I don't even think he was at the stadium. I don't, I don't know how you okay. can have him on the sideline. I, yeah. I don't know for sure, but I don't know how you could. I, I don't either. And, but so it's kind of, you know, the Texans versus the world right now. Cause no one, you know, they're hoping, I mean, you don't hope this on anybody, but don't give me, they're hoping that a, a couple quarterbacks get hurt and uh, somebody's really desperate and they can get rid of Watson. You know, uh, I just don't know how anybody can touch him right now, though. No, and, and people spoke about that, you know, potentially trading for him, like, say, tomorrow. What, right. How do you do that? And yet that pick protection, I can't remember if we talked about this last time that we, we spoke mm-hmm. last week, but say a team like the Dolphins, who have been rumored to be interested, say they trade three ones in a second, they're going to want some protection on those picks. Oh, yeah. 
because if he ends up going to jail, prison, whatever, like, let's say he gets in trouble. Okay, so that 2022 first round pick, if Watson goes to jail or prison, we get that back. Yeah. You don't have that any longer. So there's there's a lot of that going on, and it has to be because I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, it's it seems like a lot of questions there. So yeah. I'm sure teams are entertaining the idea of trading for him, but when you're talking about trading three first round picks plus some potentially. Yeah, you got you got to have some knowns, and you have a lot of unknowns with him. You, that's all you got with him is unknown. So you have to put some knowns, like you said, on your draft picks, your players. Like, if this goes this way, we get this back. Like, we're not going to penalize for it. So, see what happens there. I I don't know, but yeah, the Texans came out and looked like that team every year that like everyone was dogging on them, and they're ready to play. Yeah, and, so and good for know. them. And they they put Urban Meyer. I mean, they. We all know the the nonsense going on there, but right, they, they dominated that game. That game wasn't as close to the score, even said. Right. I I mean I that's what I heard and read and stuff. I didn't like I said I didn't watch any of it, but Urban Meyer got uh, his butt kicked in the first game. That not close to the score. It it was a dominant performance by the Texans. So good for them. Yep, absolutely. All right, now let's uh, kind of go to another uh, not close game, and and you know everybody's questioning everything already, but uh, the Bears and the Rams. First, let's go to the Rams. They looked really good. Matthew Stafford looked good uh, in Rams uniform. Played well, uh, and, and we kind of expected this. You you certainly expected him to play well and do good. And obviously, it's just one game, uh, but it just goes to show you that. You know, while Matthew Stafford's had a really great career and did really good with the Lions, you know, you put some of these quarterbacks that have struggled or not been with great teams and you just change scenery and give them a different coaching staff. What could some of these players become if they're in a different situation? You know, and, and that's what I, I always find funny. You know, if Tom Brady got drafted by the Lions, he's not Tom Brady. I don't give care what anybody says. It just, whatever reason it worked, um, you know, if he's drafted by the Redskins, you know, the Redskins at the time, now the Washington football team, if he's drafted by, you know, the Bears, let's just say the Bears, the Bears quarterback history is awful, you know, just for some reason, some, you know, it happens and, and you feel bad, you know, these number one picks or number two, you know, Jamarcus Russell, you know, I, I just think he's probably one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Number one, in my opinion. But he went to the Raiders. Coach didn't want him. They didn't, you know, Lane Kiffin did not want him. No, Kiffin didn't. Um, so that's our, I mean, so he's already like, this sucks. You know, I got to play a number one guy. I don't think he's very good. He's not the guy I wanted. I want to play a different guy. He just never had a chance, let alone he might not have been as good as everybody thought. You know, I, I, I mean, I really think that uh, he had a really good year there with LSU, but situations dictate all this and, and Matthew Stafford looks like he's going to be in a great situation to end his career there in LA. As Pat McAfee says, situations are situational, <laughs> which is a funny saying, but no, I, you know, a lot of people against, not against, but they're arguing against Matt Stafford having success. Like, man, he had, everyone says he didn't have any help. And then they go like, look at all the receivers he had. My rebuttal is nobody ever said he didn't have good receivers. He had Calvin Johnson, right? Uh, Marvin Jones. I would I would say he had an okay offense most of yeah, the time. But, 
But here's the thing that they showed a stat the other night. I think he had like the second worst defense points per average of any quarterback in NFL history over 12 years or whatever it was. Right. Here's the other thing that people don't know. And I I'm, I'm guessing on this number, but I know I've seen the stats. So I'm, I'm guessing here, but I know I'm close. Stafford's played in 150 ball games, right? For Detroit. How many times has he had a hundred yard rusher behind him? An individual. Uh, I think it's seven. Like I, I know it's close. Like, so when people say he didn't have help, yes, he had receivers, but he never had like a defense or like a running game. So there's a little bit to that. I, I think he's in a perfect situation. And I mean, the Rams have to be very excited with what they have. Oh, I, I agree. They look good. I mean, like I said, I watched 20 minutes of it and turned it off and, you know, that, that long throw right there towards the beginning of the game. And then, you know, Dalton throws a pick and it's just not good. I did, I did like that they brought in uh field. So, right. Get him some plays and he scored a touchdown. No, like those were positive plays for him, even though it wasn't much like get in get your feet wet. So I, I don't know how much longer they can go with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I thought, did a pretty good job of getting the ball out quick. Right. And when I say that, I'm not saying he did great during the game, but that shows you the difference. Like, he got that ball out quick in that game. Right. And I don't know if Fields would have done that, which maybe that's good or bad. Maybe Fields makes some runs and just makes plays happen. But you can see why they went with Andy Dalton the first game. Yep. But the, the pressure is on. Like, they're going to have to get uh, Justin Fields in that in the game more often it's not going to be long i don't think no no i agree that i mean it's just gonna, it's just a matter of time it's just how stubborn is Nagy and and how much you know and right or wrong how much is it coming from above him to play or not play him you know it, it may come from above Nagy. say hey you're playing him you know and, and and then you do it just because that's your boss and that's the way life goes and uh, it goes from there. No, absolutely. I, I think he's going to be pretty good. We'll see. I mean, we, we have no idea. Um, but I'm glad they got him in the game. Like I thought that was smart by them. Right. And they, some they, I mean, for what they did on Sunday night, it was good. You know, I remember his first play came in through a, a, a quick pass, did it right. Came out of his hand quick, good throw. It's exactly what I want to do. He comes back out, you know, and then, you know, they put him in different packages and down by the goal line, they put him in, ran for a touchdown. You know, that's exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And then the last game I wanted to cover real quick, just because I've been vocal about both these teams, I feel like I need to to answer it. Uh, Broncos at the Giants. Right. Broncos dominated that yeah, game. Another butt whooping. Yes, there, there's no doubt about it. And going into the season, when the Giants spent money on receiver and corner, free agency money, my thinking was like, well, they feel pretty good about their offensive line. So I guess I just kind of trusted them. And then a week before the season happened, they traded, they made two trades, not one, but two for offensive linemen and lower name guys. So the Giants might actually have the worst offensive line in the league, and it might not be close. And if you have that, you're not going to win many games. As you probably know, I've been high on Joe Judge, the Giants. It's not looking good right now. And again, I, Daniel Jones, 
I, I was as high on him as anybody, but he hasn't proven it yet. I have nope. to be honest. He hasn't. And I don't know if you remember last year, they played at the Eagles or versus Eagles. I can't remember where it was at, but he had that 80 yard t- touchdown or 80 yep. yard run and he yep. stumbled right before yep. the end zone and got tackled. Yep. That's a microcosm of his career, in my opinion. He shows flashes. Right. Really good. And then he just stumbles. He Fs up. <laughs> yep. That's his career. But now it's like, man, if, if your guys' offensive line, the only good news, I guess I would say, for the Giants is they have two first-round picks next year. They have theirs. Right. Yours, the Bears. Right. Looking at it right now, theirs is probably going to be top five or six pick. And Bears is going to be somewhere between like 15 and 22, I assume, because right. the Bears have a good roster. They're not they're not dumpster fire by any means. Right. So that's that's the only good thing. Uh, the Broncos, I made fun of Teddy Bridgewater going into the season, and I think he could be good. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna hold my ground. Like they're not gonna make a playoff run with him. They I read a thing where he he is he is a a big time good bet against the spread. I saw a stat. I can't. I mean, it was like. 10 and three against the spread on the road. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know. So he's a, he's a guy we need to look into for the, uh, for the next segment that we're getting into. Yes. I, no, I, I got to admit it. Like I was wrong. Like give the Broncos their credit. I can sit here and say, Oh, the Giants line stinks, but like the Broncos, we knew they were going to have a good defense and we knew they had good receivers and the offensive line has been improved, but Bridgewater played better than I expected. So I have to give the Giants credit and admit I was wrong there. Like, Man, I, I the Broncos look pretty good. It's a week one overaction, maybe, but the Giants look like a top five pick in next year's draft. And I was high on them. The Broncos look like a playoff team, maybe. That's it. They look week good. One. I mean, again, like I said, I didn't watch any games, but when I watched the highlights and stuff, and just you look at the stats and stuff, they looked uh, very dominant and uh, very good. Yep. So I admit I was wrong there, at least for week one. And as we get toward the end here, we'll get into my spread picks that yep. I'm going to keep track of all year long. I've got them written down. Awesome. I'm basically betting $5 a piece on all of these because I know I'm not very good at them. <laughs> so I last week I made 10 spread picks, right? Yep. What do you think I went in those 10? Four and six. I went five and five. So you lost money with the juice. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, five and five, you'll take it, right? Yeah. Like, people don't understand betting. But I text you an hour before the Chiefs game, right? Yes. And so I'm taking the Chiefs minus five because I went from eight and a half yep. on my side to five. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yep. So actually you so, have 11. So you have 11. Five and six, losing record. <laughs> and listen, I'll take a five and five or a 500 week, as you know, all the time because – the vast majority of people that bet sports and bet spreads are going to have a losing record Yep. almost every week. So had I, uh, had I not taken the chiefs, I would have been five and five, been just fine with it. No big deal. Nothing wrong with going 500, but I'm five and six. So I'm off to a losing record. <laughs> uh, got admitted. So this week I only have five picks. I'm going to pull it down a little bit. I want to see a few more weeks of teams. I, I did I definitely got excited week one. Now I've seen some stuff out of the teams. So I think the next two weeks, maybe three, I'll, I'll probably dial, dial it down like four to five picks a week. Then we'll know some more. So getting into the picks, I am five and six, losing record. 
<laughs> and by week four or five, we could rename this, do the opposite of me or whatever that we talked about. Fade, fade Trevor. Fade Trevor. Yep. So I, I'm going to take the, the Patriots minus five. Wider did. I, the Patriots minus five. Uh, the Jets lost their left tackle. Uh, really probably one of the top five players on the team. They've had a slew of injuries, and Bill Belichick's pretty good against young rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going to take the Patriots minus five on the road at the Jets. Right. Next pick is the Falcons plus 13 and a half at Tampa. That's just a huge spread in the NFL. It's just Maybe. a huge number. I don't know. Yeah. That was basically it. I don't know what else to do with that. Uh, Falcons looked absolutely it. Besides the Packers, they look like the worst team in the league. Right. I agree. But you, that's just a huge number in the NFL. And yeah, that's no, a huge. Once you get to double digits, it just doesn't happen in the NFL. So I'm just taking the Falcons out of the number. That's it. I don't know. I have no that, idea. That's that's the play on that one. You have to. Yep. So that that's it. That's the reason I'm taking that. I'm taking Cincinnati plus three at your Bears. I think they showed some. And I also have to say this, too. Uh, Jamar Chase. That's our game. Yep, he had a good game, made a couple good catches, and didn't drop he did, anything. So he didn't, and that was my upset special last week. So I, I'm one to know on those, by the way. Right. Uh, so I'm going to take Cincinnati plus three on the road. I don't feel as good about that one. I feel like the Bears could have a bounce back, but I'm taking Cincinnati plus three at Chicago. Yep. Two more. The team that I bet against last week, I'm taking Minnesota plus four and a half at Arizona. I feel like it's an overreaction of both sides. Arizona dominated at Tennessee. Right. And then the Vikings lost on the road at the at the Bengals. So I feel like four and a half for Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is still pretty good quarterback. Right. I, I voiced all my concerns about the COVID stuff. But four and a half on the road against potentially the fourth best team in that division. I just I feel like the numbers on Minnesota. Yep. Again, like I talked about earlier tonight in the college one. It's never as good as you seem for the Cardinals, and it's never as bad as you seem for the, the Vikings there. Right. So I, I think it's just a – I think that number is an overreaction of both sides. Arizona looked amazing. Kyler Murray is probably the leader for MVP right now. Right. Only one week, but whatever. I'm going to take Minnesota plus four and a half on the road at, at the Cardinals. And then my last one is Miami's at home, and they're, they are three and a half point underdogs versus the Bills. I'm taking Miami plus three and a half. And that leads me into my upset pick of the week. I have the Dolphins beating the Bills okay. at home. Uh, maybe not a super bold pick, but they are home underdogs, just like the Bengals were last week. Yep. And it, it hurt me to say it. I, I didn't want to because I really like the Bills, like Josh Allen. I think the Dolphins beat the Bills at home, and the Dolphins start out 2-0, and and the Bills start out 0-2. And that the Bills played a physical team in the Steelers at home week right. one. Now they're going down to my, this ain't this ain't the same Miami team. This is Brian Flores. It's going to be a physical game. And right. there's a few things we know early in the season, the first month, playing in Florida, you got that humidity yeah. down there. Yep. Just like Denver, when they play at home in September, their winning percentage is insane. So right. I, I think the Dolphins beat the Bills outright. This week at home. Now, again, they're three and a half points, so I, I do consider it to be a, a decent pick. I'm not trying to make lame upsets here, but I think the Bills start out 0-2. And, and I think I'd be 2-0 in my upset picks. Yeah, and that would be a huge 
you know, a lot, a lot of trendy bills, you know, in the Super Bowl picks or anything. And, and just because you start out 0-2 doesn't mean you won't get there, but it's not what you want to do. And it's a heck of a hole to dig yourself out of. No, that's right. And the Bills could lose this game, still have a really good season, but that, that's a tough division. I mean, the Patriots should have probably won that game versus the Dolphins. Right. And, you know, the Jets and the Jets are the fourth place team, whatever. But the Bills, I, I love the Bills. I love what they've been doing. Love the staff, love the quarterback. But this seems like 0-2 written all over it. That's just that Florida heat. I mean, it it obviously gets warm in, in Buffalo and up in New York with that humidity. Just yep. a, a tough physical game versus they played versus the Steelers last week and then this week versus the Dolphins. So my upset pick of the week is Dolphins over the Bills. All right. All right. Any uh, just last uh, minute thoughts or anything else on the NFL? Not much. Looking over my uh, my notes, that's about it. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I shouldn't have picked the Chiefs because I could have been 500. And if we if we end at the end of this year and I'm one game below 500, I'd be ecstatic. So now I'm already one game lower than I should have been. But uh, for the listeners, anytime I make a change or a pick, I will always text you before the game. That yeah. way it's legit and I'm not just making stuff up to try yeah. it. Nope, I got it. And, uh, so. Nope, sounds good. So, all right. Well, thanks, Trev, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Morgan You Asked For Podcast. If you like what you hear, click the like button or hit subscribe if you want to hear more episodes from Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan the Ask For Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at RyanMorgan34. <laughs>